Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Very happy for you to sit in between us. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. And providing you had a sitting up in that quarter, we had a real chance of putting it in that quarter. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. Absolutely nailed it. I know, we always fuck it up anyway, so yeah, what does it matter? It. <laughs> yeah, just remember whose mouse and whose screen. No, I, I can control every screen with this little mouse. Brenton controls that screen, I control this screen. You try and control something, and I try and fuck it up by trying to control... You're right, you try and fuck it up, <laughs> and you succeed That's exactly in right. fucking it up. <laughs> That's what I do best. Are going to start recording? I started about 30 seconds ago. Okay. Um, so that was round 14 we just got through. Um, and oh, okay, we will introduce ourselves. And this voice is Heath. I'm Brenton. And Josh. Right, we got that out of the way. Um, look, the first thing we'll mention up uh, up front was the Phil Walsh thing. It's uh, A lot has been said about it and some uh, beautiful tributes and some uh, great pieces written about him. Um, I mean, it's it's shocking. I mean, what, what do you do? But we're not going to dwell on it. I think one of the good things about football is uh, you can see it in just about every game. People could forget about it for two and a half hours and get wrapped up in something. And just forget. That's um, it. Like and that's what nothing, footy can do. There's nothing we can add to the conversation yeah, about I mean, it. We can express our uh, condolences and everything. But, uh, you know, many people have said a lot more about it than uh, we can and what we know about. So we're just going to let it there and hopefully uh, everyone can find a way to cope with it. And hopefully we'll focus on the fun stuff. And it all started on another Thursday night. We've got a Thursday night this week as well. I think it's the last one. Um, Swans and Port. Swans without the Twin Towers up the front. Um, took a little while before they uh, shook off Port. Well, I think it was just a bit of a third quarter blitz that got Swans over the line. Um, I think it was a kick four goals zip. I think they got in the in the third, wasn't it? Something like that. Four goals straight. Yeah. Yeah. I think in a low scoring game that counts for a lot. Not only yeah. on the scoreboard, but in momentum. Well, With one quarter, the like other that. thing too. Every time uh, Port managed a bit of a rally, they get a couple in a row. Uh, Swans just said, "No, nah, not having it." Um, yeah. So at the end of the night, Port never really led by more than a point. It's funny, it's the second time this year that Sydney have um, woken up after one of their players has got injured. Um, if, I'm trying to think who the game was earlier in the year when Parker went down at um, ANZ Stadium. And that was uh, what kicked the Swans into gear. In, in this game, it was Teddy Richards who got knocked out. And it looked like that was the spark they That's needed. Right, they just yeah. needed something like that. And the way they went, they looked um, dominant after that. I think that that was just the thing that just really got Hannibal angry. And, and just went, oh, fuck this shit. Well, I, I tell you what, so everyone's talking about Fife, but geez, Hannibal, he has done himself absolutely no harm in terms of being in that conversation. It, it's going to be absolutely. one of the best runners up ever, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's just unfortunate that Fife is by far and away the, the champion. But if he gets a week for something, yep. or there'll be uh, there'll be tons of money dropped on Hannibal. I think so too. Um, him and uh, Luke Parker are going to share a lot of votes though. 
Um, also for the Swans, do you see the uh, the goods goal when he's running out of the middle? Um, Ollie Wines was chasing him and, and could not catch him. No, I was I was too busy uh, looking sternly at the people that were booing him. <laughs> I don't think anybody was booing him in the SCG. <laughs> um, Ollie just had nothing, had nothing to give him. And Goods just peeled away from him and, and slotted a nice one in from fifty. Um, it's I think we said it last three or four weeks in a row. His decision to drop himself down to the twos after being given the vest, yeah, paid in spades, hadn't it? It is. It's, it's like he's been his own best coach for the last few years or something like that. It, uh, it, whatever we thought was worse for him has turned out to be the best for him. Yeah. Do, do you think he, it means he can go on for and get the 400 as well? I think he's done the right to do what the fuck he wants. I think if he wants to give it a crack and he's still playing footy like this, then hey, why not? Well, if the the team is going to be in the discussion for the grand final, like Sydney, yeah, it's will. really just and Sydney, Freo, yeah. Hawthorne that you're looking at for grand final participants. So while they're up, do you really want to try and get rid of a bloke who's done it all? He's best 22, and no. I didn't think he was at the start of the year. And he wasn't at the start of the year. He, he looked like he was baggage. Yeah, but, um, but at the minute, if you're holding your own, um, and it's obvious, he, like he's, I think he's even come out and said it, it's uh, a third premiership is what he wants. Yeah. yeah, and come finals time, guys that have done it all and can perform under pressure, they're golden. And he is. He, he was uh, one of probably two or three players that stood up in the grand final last year. Yeah. Um, and he's done it, you know, time and time before. So you think if they if they do get uh, get everything their way and they win the flag, maybe they will. Maybe they will say, well, you know, it's your choice, and Goods will say whether he will or won't. Um, if they fall short, I still can't see why they'd want to get rid of him. But if he says, look, lads, I've had enough, the body's not right, and that's an entirely different matter. Do you think maybe he could be like the first player to just play an intermediary A and B's role, just like country footy? Like, but play for, home games only. For AFL and, and, you know, yeah, just play the Sydney home games. And when they're on the road, boys, now nah, I'll just stay back here. I'll help the twos try and get a premiership or two. It'll stop the booing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's about his longevity as well. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Give it a go. You've got to give back to the community around the uh, Sydney area. It's a developing area for football AFL. I still believe that the local fans should start chanting goods yeah. every time he gets the ball because then the boost they don't matter. Yeah, that's a good point. Anymore. They just got to get people there to start those chants. Yeah, that's the main thing. <laughs> they do all right at the SCG. Yeah, they do, actually. Um, uh, Gary Rowan's out for a, a month, I think, with a hammy. Um, poor bastard, he's had his fair share of injuries. Um, but uh, on the Port Adelaide side of things, uh, th- this is their chance. They couldn't ask for a, a better setup. Um, yeah. No Franklin, no Tippett. Yep. Rowan goes down early, and they play a half a footy without um, uh, Teddy Richards. Yeah, it's like um, a played into their hands. Like if you had a, a strategy for Port Adelaide, um, given all things were equal, you would have wanted you know those sort of players to go out, and then they would give you advantage with the running game. Yeah, it's just a, a sad reflection on where they're at at the moment that they couldn't really capitalise. And a lot of people are enjoying that, um, you know, with such a build-up they've had since Hinkley's come along. Um, I think this is the eventual ecstasy come down the day after. Mm. It's been a good couple of years, but um, they've well and truly come back to the pack. And it's hard to explain why. When well, They have, but to be honest, I, when Porter up and running, I enjoy watching them because they do play a very aggressive, free-flowing form of football. And I've talked about it heaps in these podcasts. But... Um, it seems like now they're just getting caught. Their handballs are too short. They don't have players moving when they're receiving the ball. And they're getting caught. Yeah, see, I think they had a game plan that suited the list that they had. 
but they had a list that wasn't very versatile in changing the game plan up. So as soon as it got yeah. figured out, it was very easy to sort of follow suit with whatever worked for the previous team that stopped them. And When you have teams like this that are underperforming, you, you look to leadership. Um, and yeah. I think that's part of the problem is Honestly, their leadership's been great. Yeah, like, Robbie yeah, Gray's so. been smashing it. Yeah, um, but, Travis Spoke had a quiet one, but he's been yeah. great in just about every other game. Even Jay Schultz has been good presenting himself down the ground when he hasn't been getting his own way um, in the uh, goal square. Yeah. But they are missing Kane Corns. Like having a person willing to put their body on the line in the middle uh, to protect their teammates, not just to try and get their own ball, is something they've really missed. Because uh, Gray and Wines are great players around the ball, but they need someone else to sort of help them break a tag, help them... Um, Remonstrate when they're getting manhandled, kind of thing, and they don't have it at the moment. You would have thought Wines. I mean, Wines is only young, but he's a big unit. Um, yeah, but well, yeah, the, it's just I don't. I don't know. The only bloke with that mentality would be Schultz, and he's too far down the ground most of the time. He, he looks too just complacent to me all the time. He looks like um, uh, uh, Tuck when he was playing. It's just nothing makes him angry or or sad or happy. It's just such an even kill. He, Want a bit of mongrel? Well, never, never, never seen a push in the back plate against him then. <laughs> um, he uh, got off with the uh, the tackle on Richards as well. Um, they decided that uh, it was different to the Gibbs tackle in that it wasn't a double movement. I, the more I looked at it, I changed my mind every time. Yeah, see, but, I, I I agree with that. It's not a it's not an infringement in the sling tackle. I just think that we can, uh, like we said online, I think there's a better way that we can train people to tackle yeah. uh, to sort of limit that sort of damage happening. I think there's a more effective way to do it and I, safer. I did like the way Titus O'Reilly described it in that, uh, you know, they've the MRPs laid down the rule and say, this sort of tackle will definitely sometimes maybe be punished. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much, unfortunately, the standard uh, method of operation for um, MRP is uh, whatever the fuck... Yeah, pretty much. Um, It's like Cards Against Humanity. They just pull out, a player does this, he gets any, some, maybe, weeks, fines, I don't know. But um, with the tackle, I I don't think that particular tackle should have been weeks. But I didn't think the other one should have been. I don't agree with paying the consequence of the tackle. Yeah. I think if if something's out of your control, because once you've committed to that tackle, uh, you're pretty much a passenger. Yeah. Um, and if the player you've got happens to have history of concussions or bad injuries or whatever, that's kind of on them. And they knew that when they took the field. I, you know, I'm not excusing it, but I'm saying there has to be an assumed risk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we made the example when we were talking online about um, when you look at uh, wrestling or judo or jiu-jitsu, where if you're going to pin someone's arms, you've got an earnest responsibility not to protect their head when they're going against the ground. And the thing is, as opposed to slinging someone sideways, I think it would be just as effective to drop backwards just, and essentially yeah. take their back. And, I mean, that way they can't get the handball off and you're retarding their movement forward. And also you're applying your weight to them to drop them in the most effective manner as opposed to slinging them sideways. But again, like with uh, judo, jiu-jitsu, anything involving a takedown, oftentimes you're getting slung. like You're getting whipped onto your butt, your lower back or whatever, and your body is going to whip which is what causes that sort of damage but part of that is you learn how to absorb that energy and that's on mats that are probably a little bit firmer than what you get on turf Um, or at least on AFL level turfs playing out at the memorial over you probably get smacked out but I think players need to learn that you need to learn to take a fall and some don't you see them just stick their neck out and hope they survive I'm not saying that that's what happened with this tackle no he didn't have much of a choice in this one poor bastard but I think um, 
that- and Jay did everything in his own sort of reasonable responsibility afterwards to make sure that the trainer got he, there. He and, was very yeah. quick on yeah, it. Yeah, so it there's no, nothing against Jay Shooks in this matter at all. No. Um, it, it was an aggressive tackle that um, had unfortunate results. Yeah. yeah, But I really do think that uh, being tackled and being the tackler are skills that they really, really need to focus on yeah, at the level. When we're talking to Malcolm Bangs about it and he's talking about the in-the-back rule yeah. when you're tackling someone and it's just the, your perception of what might be dangerous to a body is different to what's an actual fact yeah. of what's dangerous to your body. So yeah. I think if we took on like a lot more advice from people uh, in those sorts of areas that are, had a lot more experience in it and they've applied that experience to AFL and mm. sort of come up with a strategy on, on the best way to approach it, especially I think we've started rewarding people going in head first because they get a, a free kick for a high tackle. Yeah. And mm. I think like we mentioned in another podcast where we were always taught to go in with a shoulder or hip first to protect, protect yourself, yourself and ride the bumps. I think we're going to start looking at the responsibility on the person going for the ball as well as the person who's attacking. I think attacking. That, that movement started, hasn't it? Yeah. It, it has a bit. getting there. And yeah. I think it's they need a, to be on it consistently because otherwise it'll be thing. like the tripping yeah. thing where it was big for a month and then... Yeah, nothing. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, the sliding um, in yeah. rule. And, yeah, and this, yeah. Is, this is also at a time where they've just had the um, the 60-minute special on Alex McKinnon. McKinnon? Uh, the I rugby league player. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. I want to say McKinnon. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's something like that. But... Um, they were talking about that and he pretty much fired both barrels at Cam Smith because Cam Smith was saying, well, he ducked his head. He did. When he was getting tackled, it was a lifting tackle, but he curled his own chin onto his chest and was planted on it. Had he just, you know, crunched his shoulders or whatever, you know, maybe he walks away from that. I, you can't say anything guaranteed because, you know, no one's psychic. Yeah. Or at least not psychic enough. Yeah. But um, that sort of... Uh, instinctive ability to absorb the energy of a tackle. Yeah, it has to be something that you get by full practice. And these are rugby league players that are used to like they expect to get tackled hard, driven in the ground every damn game. Yeah. So how much more important is it for AFL players who are moving at a faster rate of speed most of the time? You'd say, and they can get tackled from any direction. So yeah. Learning to absorb that energy as you get thrown to the ground has to be a skill they look at, and now and it. It is absolutely teachable because now you see people, when they're about to get tackled, they raise their arms up every time to try and get a free handball out. Yeah. So if they can learn that skill so quickly, why not learning to crunch your shoulders up, to learning to make yourself small and into a ball and get ready for that impact? Yeah. Well, I think it's just about taking a more scientific approach um, with sort of developments have a technology. You see how they will use... Um, you know, see sports science programs and that where you'll hook your body up to those electrodes and they'll yep. view the, the shock when you're going through the motions as opposed to what do you uh, sort of like, call old football knowledge where yeah. this is the way it's always been and this is what makes common sense to me. You mean like they do with the bowling action of cricketers and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. same sort of thing, yeah. Where Motion you, capture, you can, essentially. And, and you can measure uh, shock on impact on joints and uh, things yeah. like that. And I think looking at those sorts of experts, because technology's getting to a point where you can actually you know, break it down to uh, science and not yeah. just uh, this is the way it's worked for me all the time, so this is my strategy. The other problem is enforcing the rules because AFL is so damn hard to officiate because... No other sport I know expects umpires to be psychic. Like, I don't think many other sports have a deliberate out-of-bounds rule where you're trying to read the mind of the player. Uh, and then other things like, you know, deliberate point. Well, or, I don't know. I spent half the game trying to read the mind of Razor Ray. So, <laughs> what the yeah. fuck was that shit? Yeah, most of his mind is, fuck you all, I'm getting paid, bitches. But uh, anyway, I'm sure that there's going to be endless columns filled with that sort of crap as the season goes on. And uh, like Bryce Gibbs said, I'm confused. <laughs> um, the other thing for Port was this is uh, Paddy Ryder uh, first game back 
Um, it did okay in the hitouts, but uh, just uh, two kicks and a handball for the day. Didn't really set the water fire. Let's let's not say he did. And I mean, it's like he's not like he's up against uh, a Sandalands or, or anything like that. Yeah. It was Mike Pike who's uh, been struggling um, a little bit, and um, Toby Nankervis in for his first game. Yeah. And uh, you're collecting three possessions. I know it wasn't a. a a night for big men but uh, you'd hope for a little bit more than that and the thing is if, even if you're getting that many tap outs if you're not winning the clearances they're kind of irrelevant yeah so even with that though with Ryder's numbers and looking at uh, you know the, the team went down he'd probably still have looked at uh, Essendon and gone I'm still he's not getting too many text messages saying good one champ dickhead uh, on to Friday night football um, it was uh, the first game after the tragedy so everyone was looking for something um, and the pressure was on from the get-go, and the pressure was on all night. Um, Collingwood really took it up to Hawthorne, and I, I think there's no two ways about it. Collingwood played better. They oh. just didn't kick the goals. I was thinking, uh, at the start of the season, if we had seen this game, we would have thought this was a fight for first and second. That's what sort of contest yeah. it was. We didn't anticipate that that's not the way the football would be played for first and second this season. And you look down at Collingwood's list... And I would love to be able to hang shit on Collingwood and say they're not going to play finals or whatever. Their list is fucking good. They're young. I mean, they lost um, a couple of key players at the start of the year to, that are still looking at what they're going to do. Um, hey, we but, talked to Joffrey at the start of this, or early in the season, and he told us so. Yep. He told he, us he so. He said that they're a good young side. He, and, he picked it. Oh, look, there's still a couple of passengers, but when you've got a core of, you know, Elliot, Pendlebury, Swan, Crisp, Williams, those guys are your. Premiership level players. I like right. to say that I picked Marley Williams at the start of the year to have a big year. One of the two players I picked, him and uh, Tarrant for yep. North. Even Sidebottom and Fasolo have been doing their part too. Fasolo's uh, only he just come back in the well. side. Yeah. He had a good, good night. Um, I'll be honest, I was disappointed that they played Darcy Moore. Um, not disappointed in how he went. He made a couple of good contests. Um, didn't you know have much of the ball, but I think he took a nice mark yep. um, and got subbed out in the third. But you had a look at him. His instincts are good, but yeah. he's not physically ready. Yeah. Uh, just don't... I know it's such a great um, story and everything, you know, the son of a former champion and yeah. all that, but just Jack Watts. The like, thing is, there are yeah. plenty of sons of former champions. Yep. Just, and that's the thing. They, they're not rare. He's going to be a star, right? He's, yeah. he's going to be top 10 pick um, when he went through the draft. Yeah. Let him go. Yep. Just put him in the twos, nurse him through, you know, uh, maybe even to 2016. Let him play... Three or yeah. four games next yeah. year. Don't want to see him just yet. Just is, don't ruin him. That's a scary thing too. They've got a lot of strength to come into the side. They do. Yeah. Um, so if they can keep the team together, they'll be grand finalists maybe two years' time. The thing is, I think they're already overachieving, which is a very, very good thing because it takes so much pressure off all their players. You know, you can play with sort of a reckless abandon. I tell you what doesn't take pressure off their players. Coke kicking one goal four. Yeah, but yeah. The, the thing about this is that he did kick one goal four, but I saw him come uh, up the field a lot more often and actually present himself and do a lot more up the field. So he, think, he did, but the goals he missed were the easy yeah, ones. Yeah, that was shit. Get rid goals. of that fucking glove. Like honestly, what what purpose does it serve for? Him? It's, <laughs> it's not, not helping him drop the ball. I, I think it actually might be Terminator. He's cut the hand <laughs> off. Or it could be uh, Skywalker. But Jesus, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's got to be a lot of teams with a bit of cash going. There's a few guys here we wouldn't mind chasing. Yeah, yeah. Cloak's not one of them. No, no. Cloak is certainly not one of them, uh, especially with the money he's on. But uh, you look at, you know, Varko's not one of them either. He's a bit shit. But you look at, uh, say, Cybot and Elliot, Crisp, uh, probably not Swan, Williams. It's, it's a bit... You're really challenging yourself if you're trying to buy 
players off Collingwood, though. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's a bit like going and playing poker against yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. might win a couple of times, but yeah. their pockets are deeper. Yep. <laughs> They've got the same salary cap. Yeah, they do. That, yeah, <laughs> they so still find a way around well. it. Yeah, they, and they found busy. <laughs> They've got big uh, uh, facilities. Well, again, say that. Carlton's one of the teams that could, they'd love to poach a player or two. Uh, they probably hand back uh, well, Thomas well, Wallace. Yeah, they're poached by assassinate. They've already killed a few of the stars <laughs> in AFL this season. So, um, fucked up uh, so Thomas. Back, and, oh, well, he, he was fucked when they got him. Collingwood are laughing about that's that one. True, yeah. See, that's what happens when you buy players off Collingwood. You get lemons. <laughs> um, on the Hawthorne side of things, um, Cyril Rioli only had 10 touches. Quiet night. Yeah, but he did enough um, sort of around the contest on that. Like, Ten touches. He's just about best on ground still. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> plenty, yeah. I actually really liked the way Shields played too. I thought he had a really good game. Um, he just seemed to have very smart decisions. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about Cyril anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Liam Shields has come along. He, when he started with Hawthorne, he was a bit of a run-with player. And I think they still use him like that occasionally. But now that he's uh, put a bit of bulk on, he can take the knocks and you know wear a tackle and, and uh, still give the ball off. Well, funny you mention that because that's what I think that Cyril has proven as well is that he's got a really good center of gravity. And he doesn't go to ground at all. Like he's just got an amazing. Yes. He's like a fucking cat. He just, he just bounces. Keeps up, his he? feet and he's just always aware of what's going on around him. It's like it's like what's happening in front of him with the ball is an afterthought, and he's looking yeah. at what else he's going to do once he gets that ball. And he usually does. But you see so often people go up for the mark, and Cyril may get a decent fly, sometimes he doesn't. But when the ball's on the ground, he's still on his feet and everyone yeah. else has fallen their fucking yeah. ass. And he's two steps ahead. Yeah, he's always thinking about something else. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to tap it over there and then I'm going to run here. Yeah. Um, whereas everyone else is, you know, the the, the tap on. Um, yeah. I don't know why they call it clever play. It is pretty much standard nowadays. Yeah. But he'll do it knowing that he's going to run there yeah. and then it's going to get tapped on and handballed over. Yeah. Um, but uh, when um, the final goal came... Um, and it was uh, Cyril that uh, dived on the ball and then got it out. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of it just, I, I know it's got to go that direction. Yep. And just get it in that direction any way I can. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic to see that desperation. And look, the thing the thing about Cyril is having not many disposals and on a, on a stats point of view, it doesn't look like it did much, but it played it a, a huge role in the game. And the thing is, I think that's uh, the, the key of this game is that if you look at the stats, the Pires got the best of pretty much most of it. Yep. But they just couldn't do enough with it. And it just shows the efficiency of the Hawks. When they got it, they could do what they needed to do. Well, he kicked just as many goals as Fasolo, Cloak, and Jesse White. Yeah. Um, well, no, he kicked more than those four put together. Yep. Um, and that's at the end of the night, that was the two, the only difference between the two sides was goal kicking. Yeah. Um, the way Collingwood set up their uh, wall across um, uh, half forward yeah, um, yeah. when the ball comes in, it's not a defensive tactic at all. It is such yeah. an offensive tactic. Yeah, isn't it? It's like almost you're anticipating a rebound. Yeah. And then you, as soon as that switch happens, you're ready to pounce. But if you look at it like, um, what was it, Collingwood had more disposals, more... Well, had more free kicks, more clearances. Won the clearances. Yep. Won the stoppages. Lost inside 50s, but they Only had... Only just... Yeah, uh, and contested by a lot. And had the most of everything. That was the lowest inside 50s for Hawthorne for the year. Wow. Um, 50, which is still saying something. Yeah. Um, but uh, they kicked 15 goals off uh, 50. Yeah. Um, it ended up being the difference. Yeah. Um, Jack Gunston still lost his radar. Something shocking. I've never seen somebody... Just not confident in a drop punt. No. That's never good for a full forward. Especially for someone like him who's got yeah. such an accurate... In the last three years, now yeah. just 
uh, that finger must be bothering him more than and it was more more, more the angle that he chose to have a snap from mm. and it's like these should be given like they're free throws for, for a full for, forward especially for you yeah, like, it's like Reggie Miller yeah. deciding to lay yeah, out yeah exactly step. it's like Reggie Miller trying to do a, a Shaq style free throw you know? <laughs> why would the, why would you bother um but look, they never got beyond three goals this game. Um, yeah. And Collingwood, unfortunately, another honourable loss. Um, it's been a, a few in a row for them, um, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I would say that um, the tribute at the end of the match was perfect. Like Both teams, both coaches just realised, all right, game's over. Um, let's all just get together and honour Phil Walsh and everything. And I thought that was a, a perfect touch. Especially since there was no songs or anything like that. It, yeah. it was uh, almost tying a bow um, on, on the end of the game. And the thing is, watching it, like, I thought it might have been nice if like that is something the Adelaide Crow song, like the, the fans. You only, know what? only the fans, not the players. That, the players can do it, but if the fans do it on themselves to start singing the Adelaide Crow song, that thought nice. passed my mind too. Um, but, uh, I look, thought that's bad that it didn't, but I thought it would be a nice little touch just, to the yeah. South Australians because we're giving lots of shit. So... Uh, It'd be nice to you know give them a little, little rose. Well, we may not all know it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, just blag it. Um, on to they sang your fucking song when they won. So. <laughs> <laughs> on to the MCG on Saturday, uh, Richmond versus Giants. Um, could have gone to this game, but fuck that. It was so yeah. fucking cold. Um, the Giants uh, put up a bit of a show. Uh, yeah. It, it is funny with Richmond because everybody said no, like, you know that they've beaten um, Sydney, they've beaten Port. Um, Frio this is the one uh, they've beaten Collingwood this yeah. is the one that is their danger game well look I, I had three notes written in my book from this game and I think it pretty much sums it up perfectly fuck I've got this, fuck one, that fuck you shithouse number two <laughs> shithouse win number three first time I remember we had an important shithouse win <laughs> yeah 10-18 that's the big one that I like, see there it's the shithouse win we needed to know we could win uh, it, if you can kick 10-18 and still win some either you've Fucking lucky as balls, and Richmond aren't lucky as balls. Yeah, or someone up there is helping you. The out. thing is, it wasn't even like the final tally of goals and points. It was the fact that we're going into a third quarter in a tough game, and we're down by I think it was uh, two and a half goals or something like that. Nearly the biggest lead of the game. Yeah, yeah, and we had to grit it out and grind it out and show heart and get through it, and we did it. Well, you and did it also, and then he scored one goal in the last quarter. So being yeah, able to keep it. into that, yeah, it's pretty damn good. So shit ass game, put a shit ass effort, but. We had a, a shit-ass win there. We needed to win. It's something that Richmond can't say. Like, you're right. That, something they haven't done is win ugly before. Yeah. They've needed things and, to go right. And the thing is, it's win ugly in an important game. Yep. We can win ugly against fucking Melbourne when it doesn't matter. But. <laughs> um, Shane Edwards is continuing on his breakout year oh, as well. Took yeah. the key mark of the game. Didn't he? Took uh, the key mark of the kicked game. Kicked a nice yeah. goal out and, of the And center. that's covering up, I think it was Miles, who missed the seal off for the... Was it Miles or someone else from about 15 out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Something that uh, I think really I think I've hung miles it. out to dry, dry. It might have been someone else, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Watching the game, it did seem like Vickery was having a uh, not Vickery uh, marriage was having a bit of a struggle though at some stages. Well, yeah. he, he's uh, I think he got two weeks down to one for whacking. Who was it? Steel. Yeah. Jack Steel. He was going for the third, third man, man up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, what backwards was elbow? It? Uh, it, was, it was a worthy <laughs> knock. You, 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 you can't let people come third man over the top unpunished. I think. <laughs> It was old school. I think it's he, like Detroit Pistons style. Yeah. You know not, what I mean? Had he not boys. taken his eyes off the ball, though, I think he could have yeah. probably got away with you, a, a look, reprimand. He knew what he was trying to do. Yeah. He's trying to stop the guy going third yeah. man up. He's like, I've got to stop him. Whack. I think yeah. I whacked him. The thing is, I think he didn't anticipate that Steele could... Uh, he thought he'd jump higher than he did. 
or earlier. I'm making excuses here, but, <laughs> but that's exactly what it was. It was I got to stop him? Shit off! You. Yeah, it's like <laughs> as soon as they jump off the ground, you put uh, your part of your body anywhere above the center of gravity. So on the chest, anywhere they're going to fall ass up. Yeah. Like that's enough. That's what you need to do. They'll think twice about jumping up again. You can't do it across their head. That's just <laughs> yeah, the thing. With a big forearm but, I mean, swing. I mean, good luck telling Ivan what to do. <laughs> Brave man that does that. He'll, uh, he'll have a week off for it. Yeah, I think he should have had three, but even the tribunal went, oh, fuck, I, are you telling him? I ain't, yeah, I ain't telling, telling him. him. <laughs> uh, one week. Um, Ken McCarthy went goalless, um, he's, uh, which I think is the first time this year or first time in a long time. Um, he's uh, kept very quiet on the day. Um, which uh, says a lot for, I think, uh, Richmond's back line. The thing is, I think what Reigns has um, done well is ha- making... Reigns, sorry. Um, yeah, Reigns <laughs> done not a whole lot well, but um, Reigns has made their full forwards have to be accountable for him coming yep. up to centre-half forward, centre-half back, sorry. And that's where he does most of his damage is across that centre-half back line. He's only really is- had his colours lowered once this year that I can recall, and that was Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. He's played brilliantly up until this point, and then since he signed the contract, he's played even better. Yeah, yeah. But the he, thing is, like, he, he definitely has holes in his game, and you can beat him one on one. It's just a matter of you have to be accountable for, accountable for him with the running players that will be around him from the turnover in the back line. Um, and it must be said, with all the injuries that uh, GWS has to key players, they haven't folded. Yeah, they're still yep. they've they've had a dip. The they're showing they've depth. Hungry. Yeah, That's they're showing great. depth on potential like um, key players. Yeah, like, they've got a lot of people who are putting their hand up and saying we want this position. So, I mean, Richmond's inaccuracy let them off a little bit, but they still had to take advantage of opportunity. They they didn't quite uh, do that in the way that let them win the match, but they still made sure that they were pushing right up until the final siren. Yeah, but also a lot of their uh, sort of inaccuracy at kicking was a little bit down to pressure from GWS. Like they did do a good job um, in patches in defence, yeah. but they couldn't well, yeah. keep it consistent. Closing speed and tackling have been two things that GBS have done well all season. And, yeah, you know, and just body on body, they can't they can't measure up. Hmm. On to the other expansion side in Gold Coast. Um, I don't know who picked this. Um, Gary Hablett just makes such a... It, it's like people were starting to forget hey, look, just how good he can be. I got, like, you know I'm not religious or anything like that. <laughs> like, and... It's just all the photos of when the Carmichael Hunt thing came out of all. They're in a circle and there's the Bible clan and they're having yep. their prayer. I, I think they're actually praying to Gary Ablett. Like, I think he might actually be Jesus. He could actually be the son. He could, well, I mean, you saw that um, they were getting up to no good. They were taking drugs and being absolute fucking sinners. So if, he if left them. He abandoned them. And then he came back. And then and he came back. Then, then he came back. They paid their penance. He came back and said... This is what you can do under my under my my shepherd. They are just such a different side. I mean, it, it, we we know that, and yet it's still so surprising. Yeah, how they could change. Well, also, this doesn't make Gary Senior God either. It makes him fucking Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Mary was fucking Joseph. No, no, she wasn't. That no. was the problem. So, yeah. God fucked his missus and said, "Yeah, you fucking raise a cunt." <laughs> So one thing that surprised me about this game, I was watching it at the pub. I didn't know I could swear for about 58 minutes straight. You haven't listened to your podcast, eh? <laughs> but Fuck me. Where does it leave North? Uh, actually, in a good spot. Jared Waite's injured. He's done his finger. Uh, he's out for 10. I asked Doc Larkins. Apparently, he may not make it. He's done his finger and his ACL somehow, according to Doc Larkins. And he's on drugs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, come up with Hunt stopped him in. Um, it's, 
I thought that these kind of games were finished with North Melbourne. Um, but look, um, is it Gary or, or is it North? No, They're honestly, the only two problems. Honestly, it- I would say most of it's north. The amount of times they're up and under to a spot 35 metres out from the back line, I would say that would be three quarters of their forward 50 entries. And so every week from now on, you're just going to see them drop a player back, they'll take that mark or bring it to ground and farm it back and rebound from the half-back line. And that happened eight times straight in the second quarter. I I know... um, Brad Scott was sitting at home watching on telly. How the fuck he couldn't see that happening is beyond me. <laughs> Look, I, I think for North, I think the cream's rising to the crop and the shit's sinking in the bottom. And yep. I think they've got to figure out what they've got to cut loose in the season. And although this win isn't great, I think what, what some key players in their team have shown this year is um, good enough to build a team around to go forward. But you've got well, to cut the shit out. J-Mac, uh, Jamie McMillan, he had a great game and has had a great couple in some pretty ordinary matches. Right. Um, he was very smart with the use of the ball. And he would be the shining light of that uh, particular match. But there were a lot of passages. Higgins was kept quiet. He's only very good. Ferrito got a bit of the ball and then did dumb shit with it. Higgins, and- Higgins is one of those players, though, that you only get you know eight kicks for the game, but you can you know get three or four. Yeah, yeah. but um, see, here's where I think my my expertise as a Richmond supporter comes in handy. <laughs> is that I understand having a team with players that you really like and that have been good players and can be good players and. They're not players that are going to give you a team that wins premierships. Good average players. Yeah, is, good uh, average players. And like someone's you, called them. You got, you got no real good reason to get rid of them, but they're not going to be in that team that well, wins you a premiership. It's the Ronda Rousey sort and of that's, thing. And that's where they're at. It's the Ronda Rousey sort of mentality. You're not training to be the best. You're training to be the beat the best at your worst. <laughs> your mum abused you. And- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that happened too. No confidence. And- Maybe they need a couple of abusive mums in up. there. <laughs> but uh, Magic Door came back, uh, did nothing, got dragged, and probably be back in the VFL next week. Uh, he's leading the goal kicking in the VFL. I think he should uh, stay there. It might be his best chance to make a case for himself at some other club next year. Well, he came back sure. in at the expense of Ben Brown for some reason. Uh, ben Brown went back, slotted four, and uh, pretty much dominated the game, so I don't think he'll be back there too much. I hope not, because Ben Brown's the future. Yeah. Um, he's fucking brilliant. Yeah, in, in what's he, two or three years? Um, this is his Shaw's- second year. He hasn't played it. This is his full, first full season. And uh, ben I, Brown. I don't think you can sort of discount the effect that having full stands makes to a team's confidence as well. Yeah. And Ben Brown's a fan favourite. He's going to get, pe- get people out there and watching. Maybe that's what it is. They're like, he doesn't play away games. He stays right here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Send him out, do autographs. At, I don't know. Actually, no, fuck being Send him out North Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is, as long as he's on the team, we sell double the amount of hats too, being a Tasmanian boy. Yep. Yeah, well, that's true. Well yeah. done. Yeah, um, yeah you, you'd lose out on the family discount though. <laughs> <laughs> One. Um I think uh, Goldstein had another day out with the hit-outs. 60, 62 hit-outs he had. But North had doubled the amount of hit-outs and still lost the stoppages. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah. center clear, the clearances, sorry. Yeah. And watching that, it was mainly because stupid fucking handballs. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's almost a concession, though, by the team. Even worse, blind kicking. So it's one thing to handball to bloke under pressure, which is dumb. But you know, if you got it, you got it. But then there's the blind kicking... Straight to the opposition. Yeah, but it's almost a concession by the other team that you're not going to beat him in the hit-out, so you can see those hit-outs in, in sit-one-person person behind the play so that when those blind kick-outs and hit-outs happen, you've got someone extra there to either force contest that you've got the numbers around or take a direct mark. They did. And, you know, credit to Crocker. He noticed by three-quarter time that uh, that's what they were doing, and he moved Lockie Hansen forward. But unfortunately, that meant we had no rebounding from our own back line, yeah. so that didn't work out so well either. And for me, because I like to bring everything back to Hawthorne, 
it was good to see Mitch Hallahan um, play a good game and kick a really nice long goal. Mitch Hallahan. <laughs> um, Charlie Dixon, just the lazy seven. Um, oh, yeah. And, and that the one too. Little side and a couple heel. of points too, wasn't it? That was, that was just crazy. It, uh, it, you know you're on. You, you, it yeah. is your day when yeah, you're yeah. fumbling it with a bloke tackling you in front and, and you kick a sideways goal from the goal square. It's Cade Kolodzhny. Is he the twin of the Geelong player or just brother? I think brother. I think brother. I'm going to say, he's got the best deal of that, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's up there living the life, being a star in Gold Coast and old mate's trying to figure out how he's going to work into a strong Geelong team that's on a resurgence. Well, oh. Yeah, and, uh, speaking of resurgence, Gold Coast did get two big ins in Ablett and Swallow. Oh, Both shit. of them had pretty good games, you have to say. Looking absolutely none the worse for wear for their time off. The only thing was how long would that time off with Ablett? Um, I, I think we're the Sun sitting 17th. It's obviously, I, I can't see him making the eight. No. But geez, they look like a good side with him in it. It's just, <laughs> Fucking don't they? Just look at 19 so goals different. 11. 19 goals 11 is an amazing score for any game this round. Yeah. Like that's top of the round scores. Especially almost. up there where it was a, a bit wet, a bit scratchy. Yeah. Like the, the ground looked terrible to be yeah. honest. And yeah. uh, you saw a few players slipping and sliding. Ball was a bit greasy. Um, Abla was sporting a very a classic string. Sydney Swans haircut too. <laughs> yeah. Long beard and a uh, shaved head. Nude nut and, yeah. the, and the big beard. Um, on to Carlton and the Bulldogs, um, which is good to see a couple of uh, the old Bulldogs playing against their, uh, their old side um, in uh, Liam Jones, who didn't really set the world on fire. Um, but he's going to win another VFL Premiership one day, Liam Jones. <laughs> um, what did you make of this game? It was a tough watch, to be honest, and I did try and watch all of it. I tried to watch it, and <laughs> the thing is, I think it just came down to a, the third quarter um, fade out from Carlton. The, they sort of, it's almost like you almost believe that they could do it. You yeah. almost did, and then you're like, "Oh, that's right. That's why they can't do it." Still Carlton. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Yes, and look, I think I think Kate Simpson played well. I thought he, he did all right. He's having a, he's having a good year. Um, Kerno too. He's put in a good season. Kerno did. Um, you know what? Kerno's probably close to their. I don't know if he, he probably not their best and fairest, but he's yeah. probably in the top three. But the thing is, he's, he's, he's oh, a lot of tagging roles where he did a, a very, very good job. An awesome job. But you don't, you don't win, you get flogged, so that counts yeah. for nothing. In like, you, can, you can stop Paddy Dangerfield, but if your team gets beat by 100 points, it doesn't count for fuck all, you know yeah. I mean? even if you played the game of your life. Um, I th- we mentioned it on the podcast last night, I think, too. It was good to see that they called out uh, BT about calling uh, Jake Stringer the package. How oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it was Lingy that called him out. That's right. Um, it was good to see, actually. Yeah, it was yeah. A, a bit Mean Girls-ish, like, you know, stop trying to make the package happen. It's not I mean, going it to happen. happen. I think we're sick of BT speaking at all, to be honest. It, it's it's so funny, though, because um, I heard him on the radio commentating a few games. He's yeah. really good. Is he? Um, when he's not trying to be Rex Hunt, yeah. I remember dealing with him so, with once. He was annoying as fuck. <laughs> um, it was so drunk, though, so. makes me think that it's... Uh, Maybe it's the Channel Seven producers that are encouraging that sort of, hey, 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 buddy, you remember when we used to play yeah. and, and how are the jam donuts outside? Um, yep. Just call the game. Um, Caleb Daniel coming in for his first game as well. Um, he, did you know he's the shortest player in the AFL? I did not know that. Well, did you know that um, Scott Penelbury has a basketball background? What? Yeah, they mentioned them both shit. about equal fucking times. Shit. 
Um, I think we can see that he's a small little fucker. Like I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. But did they make at least one Muggsy Bogues or Spud Web reference? Unfortunately, not. No. Well, they must have talked to fucking Pendlebury. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, Bulldogs did enough. Um, I think they they shook off um, Carlton eventually. Um, Dennis Arnfield had, had another great game. It's just unfortunate they kicked so many bloody points. Um, but look, a few of them are doing. Um, uh, what's the fucking coach's name? John Barker. They're all doing uh, him no harm whatsoever in uh, his quest to become the next coach. Picking as well. I mean, I think it's a bit remiss to not mention his game. It was a bit of a standout game. It done all right exactly for the, for the Bulldogs. Um, on to Melbourne and the Eagles. Um, this was not really a surprise to anyone, I think. I don't think so. I mean... Eagles are sitting second. Uh, yeah. Um, and the times where you can say they're lucky, it's too late in the season to say that. Yeah, exactly. They're a top four side. They're not going to drop out of the top four. Yeah, no. Look, one, one team played some football on this day. Um, Melbourne weren't that bad. Um, they did okay, but at, at the end of the day, it's the class of the um, West Coast Eagles midfield, uh, and it's all the same names. Um, <laughs> yeah, Prudis is making an arsehole out of me. <laughs> I can't you that much. <laughs> oh, yeah, what do you have? Uh, 22 disposals, 11 tackles. was it's, everywhere. It's a lot of hard work. Fucking oath. Especially um, if someone is going backwards. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of the usual contributors, it was the same for Melbourne as well. Too few of them, but it's just Nathan Jones, Bernie Vince, who seem like can be asked. Bernie Vince yeah. has had a fantastic yep. season. Um, mm. I think it was really highlighted the week when he went against Dangerfield. Um, but he's gone from the, the run-with stopping player to the ball magnet the next week and and back and forth. Um, he's been a great pickup for him. But even some of their players you're expecting to come on, like uh, Tumpus, Hogan, yeah. uh, they haven't come on enough. Yeah, um, They're deserving of their spot, but not much more. Yeah. I, I think like with Bernie Vince, you've got the maturity of someone who can have that sort of um, awareness of the game that can slow it down to a pace that will suit Melbourne more. I think you, you see a lot of um, sort of that effect in, in their, the style that they play. Yeah, a lot of the Melbourne style seems to be, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, what do I do with it now? What do I do with it now? They tend, give it a Jonesy, give it a Jonesy. <laughs> yeah, they seem to just lose their shit. And uh, there's no coolness under pressure at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they're all on coke. I don't know. Maybe it's happening in Melbourne too. Well, Melbourne would have the, um, could afford it at least, you know, with their fans. They're all on the... <laughs> their fans the, with their members. They're usually on the powder, but it's on Mount Buller. Yeah. Um, Look, it was, on cocaine. It was flat for for the Eagles, um, and even Simpson said it after the game. Um, and they've got the Crows next week, so that's going to be a, a big one for them to get up. Um, on the other plus side for him is um, uh, Josh Kennedy's still leading the Coleman. He kicked two, but uh, Jack Darling's um, come back in. It's about his third or fourth game back, and he's, uh, he's bagged a handful. That's not a bad effort for him. He presents a strong target as well. Um, he's good at going body on body. Uh, against anyone and he provides a lot of freedom where your your four pockets have to be accountable for him and where he's going to lead and not just drop into the hole where Kennedy is going to be so I think um, you know as long as he's doing well you're going to see probably Kennedy shooing the common medal yeah I can't see him being caught alright yeah so see Josh Kennedy still leading with 48 and he's 11 handy ahead of James Cam- uh, Jeremy Cameron who didn't have a brilliant week but he'll keep him back there for a while longer and look, Josh, Josh Bruce on 37, I mean, uh, to be honest, I think he might be the closest challenger because um, St Kilda, uh, not one-dimensional up forward, but he's provided such a strong target that you can't go wrong with with putting it to him and Rebot's playing really good up the field. So, Well, that's well, a good segue into Essendon versus St Kilda. Yep. Yeah, the part uh, where he managed to snag five so they didn't hurt his Coleman chances. He's had a, a 
brilliant year. <laughs> Just like we said it before, wouldn't have picked him out of a lineup last year as an AFL player. Yeah. Um, and he's he's pulling in uh, bags each week. And he's, uh, he's out-kicked uh, Rewite on this night, although Rewite, like we know, plays up the ground everywhere. Yeah. Um, but look, I, I think um, the, the tale of uh, St Kilda versus Essendon, uh, the leading goal kicker for Essendon was their full-back. It says something, really, doesn't it? Yeah. But I think going back to Revolt and Bruce, how handy is it for Revolt to know that he can go deep and there's still a target up forward? Because in so many times past, he goes deep and then... All right, I've got a mark on the you know on the wing. I've got nowhere to go. He kicks as high it. as he can and then runs as fast as he can. <laughs> he Pretty much catch mark it, yeah. again. He um, tries to kick for touch. I picked the Saints to finish uh, second last this year, and uh, they're um, getting more wins than they had any right to. I think, I think I had a bit of faith. I think I picked them 14th. Well, the, the, geez, they've done well. Um, and it's been guys like Armitage. Um, Armitage has been up. killing it. Yeah, been 38 touches. And the thing is, not not just getting the ball in quick hands, like meaningful touches as well. We did like a, a lot of work, not just getting in and under, but around the work. He looks a little bit bigger this year. He'll too. get a lot of two votes. I mean, it, it's just unfortunate they don't very often three vote the losing team. Yeah. No, and Montagna kicked goals when they counted when, yeah. when they needed them, and did a lot of um, hard work in that sort of forward half forward to forward pocket area. Um, the other, other one, like obviously Eston got a fucking towelling, but I think McKernan's got his head off the chopping block. He did enough for me to get him out of there, especially for a big man. He had like, like he had actually a fair bit of skill off his boot, so um, got him off the chopping block. Yeah, he's uh, still rookie listed, um, but I think he's done enough to say that he'll be uh, um, upgraded to a, a proper list uh, well, next year. I think yeah. there's enough ahead of him that he's not uh, in your first round of cuts. And yep. look, I think his skills were were great for a big man and were good for a centre-half back. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with you now. Yeah. Um, look, I watched um, about half of this game because you, you know how like there's only so much porn you can watch. Watching yeah, Essendon get pumped like that after a while, it's you know yeah. okay becomes abuse. You, you know, you just like start fighting each other. It was, it was very interesting that um, even James Hurd was flagging before the game. It's very hard to win with as many um, um, inexperienced players as we have. And you thought, ooh, it's half hour before the game. You're bringing out the yeah, excuses. Well, yeah. Plus, you're against a, a young Saints side, and you get not just beat, you get towed. Like, look at the disposals, 445 to 304. So that's 140 extra disposals. 50% increase on your disposals. And just the way they lost, too. Like, anytime they showed the slightest bit of resistance, Saints just went, fuck you. So they've had 140 less disposals, and... Uh, seven less tackles so the Saints have either got the ball or they're holding the bloke who's got the ball yeah just well, they've hand passed it to him and then tackled him <laughs> I, haven't, <laughs> so, I haven't had a look at the back page of the Herald Sun yet but I'm pretty sure it says that uh, the board is right behind James Hurd which is uh, if look uh, where are they sitting at the minute 14th um, is that 4 and 8 I think they've got 4 I and 9 4 and 9 four if and this nine. was oh, but they're on a 5 5 loss winning streak Five lost losing keep, streak. Keep yeah. the streak alive. <laughs> Just them and the Brisbane Lions. Quitters don't win, all right? Um, if this was Damien Hardwick, we, he'd be sacked. Like, <laughs> Damien Hardwick would be strung up across probably Victoria Street or something. And uh, Richmond were knocked out in the first week of the finals last year. So were Essendon. Yeah. So they're, they're like um, expectations. Yeah. Essendon have topped up with guys like um, uh, Cooney uh, and senior players. Yeah, and they've had to because of... Um, uh, their restrictions at the trade table yeah. and draft table, rather. Um, 
yet Hurd's still going to coach out this year. We know he's going to. They're not going yeah. to sack him. Well, the only thing is, too, like if you're a quality coach, like Isn't Mark Hobson, well, are you really going to want to wade in and try and fix that bullshit? Or are you going to not take now. another job? Because there's always going to be more than one job at the end of the season. Half the team's missing out on finals. Well, a couple of jobs going this season. Well, there's at least two. Um, and look, it's just, if it was any other coach, there'd be, his head would be on the chopping block. But yeah. You just they've hitched their wagon to him too much. Yeah, exactly. And um, especially when you've got someone who like heard who's a, a loyalist to the club and someone who's beloved, but he's unproven as a coach when he got in that role. Yep. So you, you can't get someone in that sort of press situation and learn on the job. Like that's stupid. When you got someone like Mark Thompson who put him in the head role and let James learn underneath him. So they can say you know it's it's since the wider investigation or the wider appeal that the players are going flat again. Um, well, then you've got to get the guy that's started this program. Yeah. Guilty or not guilty, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You want to cut ties with it and just say, you know what, we want to forget about that time in our history. Yep. Or you look at their win-loss record, he's 4-9, and nine. you want to cut ties to that yep. coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, what if they end up, he ends up being 4-15, and 15, which is what? entirely possible based on what we the, saw? The way they're going... It, I can't see where the next win's coming from. Something's got to change massively. I mean, you've got to say, if any coach gets a wooden spoon, unless you're an expansion team and fresh, yep. you're probably getting sacked. Well, right now, um, four wins, I think Gold Coast might... Gold Coast can catch them with yeah. Ablett back. Brisbane the only ones that it might probably uh, won't. beat them to the bottom. Um, if they lose to Carlton, and I think they've got a game against Carlton coming up in a couple of weeks, um, it's it should be more of an issue than it is. Um, but he's contracted to the end of next year, and with all the lawyers' fees and fines and whatnot, Essendon don't. You know, they've always had this war chest, and I think yeah. they've they've it's gone to a war. Bit lighter, yeah, yeah. Um, it has to be a bit lighter. Um, look, they've got Saints this weekend, which is their bogey team in the last couple of years. Plus, plus uh, Saints or Melbourne? Melbourne, sorry, the yeah. Saints just, just gave them beat. a flogging. Um, Melbourne's been their bogey team for the last couple of years. They need to show something. Haven't they just built like a brand new? complex yeah, yeah, like state of the art training facility I, is going to be the next level I might even rock up to the Saints Essendon game just to see if any if Essendon are losing at Mel- half time I Melbourne we'll Essendon a lot of made the same, same thing I said Melbourne Essendon oh, fuck that same thing I said yeah screw me up um, I was thinking Melbourne I, I think Nathan Jones will tear them apart well uh, literally and figuratively they'll be strewn body parts over the fucking field um, this was uh, Joe Watson's 200th as well and he got uh, one kick on the day it's a bit of a quiet night for. I think it took me a while to get that kick too. I, th- I think it might have been in the third. Yeah, or, or I, I think it was at least a, a quarter between kicks. If yeah. it wasn't in the, um, in the third. It's uh, it wasn't a good day out. Um, I, I don't know if if Hurd's still there at next year. If we might see a few other players that are thinking, what's it what's it like elsewhere? Yeah. Well, um, one thing was raised that Watson just didn't look like he was involved. It didn't look invested and hasn't all season. Ended up down full forward at one stage. Uh, he, he is a good player, don't get me wrong. But do you think the captaincy sits well on his shoulders? He, he looked laboured. And I remember seeing him just do simple basic errors on like a link-up hand pass where yeah. he's taking a mark and someone's running past he, and can't even hit the person on the chest. When he was first given the captaincy, um, it looked like he was one of those players that had actually lifted him. But now, uh, maybe it is the whole off-field shit. He's just had enough. He wants to... Maybe he wants to relinquish it. Um, he's not very old either, is he? Well, he's not that old. I don't think... He, he'd be 27 or 28 yeah. or something like that. He wouldn't be 30. He's, I don't think he's 30. No, I don't think he's even that old. 
Um, he's uh, like we said, just clocked up his two hundredth. So um, it, it, maybe he does want to hand it over. In which case, there's only one person they can give it to, and that's Dyson Heppel. Yeah, yeah who's, Heppel, every day of the week. Um, who's the other one that stood up on the day? Well, I mean. I think there may be a little case for the way Michael Hurley's played this season across half-back to yeah, be a general... You, you need another couple of seasons of that sort of uh, contribution before you Show some consistency. Yeah, that's true. Um, His disposal against Hawthorne was shit-house too. Yeah, it cost yeah. him a good couple of goals. Or maybe, you know, it might raise someone, so give it to McKern and see how he goes. <laughs> Have a rookie, rookie listed captain. <laughs> First time for everything. What could go wrong, Mel? What could go wrong? Well, fuck, you're getting pumped by the Saints by 20 goals. <laughs> Um, we don't the want fans, they said. <laughs> and look, They'll stick around for her. They'll stick around for fucking anyone. Believe me, it's uh, it's nice and fun to hang shit on Essendon. Um, <laughs> so, we, so that's why we did. Uh, yeah, but look, yeah. the good news is for the, for the Saints, it's been their first 100-point win for a couple of years. I think 2012 was the last time they had one. Um, it, the thing about that is they're not going to play finals this year, but games like that is going to get more people through the gates for yeah. the rest of the year. Um, and that's where you start to get uh, more membership, more money, yep. and uh, the fans long-term yeah. are going to hang around to it. Whereas for Essendon, it means they're going to have some very sparse stands for the rest of the year yep. at a time when they need money. And we've already seen you know, on Facebook um, the memberships are getting thrown on the fire. Yeah. And, um, uh, there's <laughs> got to be a lot of Richmond well, We've already going. seen by rocking up to the games that I mean, they won't even stick around to the end of the game that they thought they were, they were going to win, but we're going to lose. So they're going to the rock up to one. They wouldn't stick around for yeah. Fletcher's 400th. They ain't rocking up for a game that they know they're going to lose. Well, I'll tell you what, the best part about that game, it, it saved my life because after the North Gold Coast game, I wanted to slash my own wrists with my own membership. But then I saw Essendon and I thought, at least not their fuckers. But, <laughs> yes. um, I'll tell you what, if you want to get rich, if you need a bit, a bit of cash, Start making a baby food company now or some shit, because around March next year, there'll be a lot of little fucking Saint supporters coming around <laughs> yeah. wanting some organic fucking fresh baby food, because they would be on that to, uh, of that win. I was wondering why you're counting on your fingers. You're counting out nine months. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was only counting. I'm like, really? I, I thought you were trying to figure out what came after nine. Like, <laughs> I, I know this little finger means something, but I just can't remember which one it is. Uh, okay, uh, the, the uh, Crows-Cats game was obviously called off, which I think was the, the right um, decision. Well, uh, the thing I liked about that is they, they pretty much consulted with the club and said, look, we can go if you want. If you don't want, that's fine too. And they, they went through it. They said, well, look, we won't play. We'll open the, st- open the ground. Yep. They'll come in, they do whatever uh, suits them. I think they still had about 22-odd thousand people um, come to Adelaide Oval on, on the Sunday. It'll be very emotional, I think, in a couple of weeks when they play their first, their uh, their next home game. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, there was a few people uh, asking about what happens. Should we cancel all um, Brownlow votes for the weekend and cancel all goal-kicking for the weekend? And I thought, end of the day, it's a bit of rubber the green. And what does it matter that um, two teams missed out in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, that's like, it. That's the thing is, is that uh, what, what this thing's done is show how small this game is compared to yeah. everything else in life. So if you're going to make up a fuss about who won the goal-kicking contest or who got the yeah. Brownlow votes over this, then go it's, fuck yourself. It's, it's, it's not if it's not going to decide the premiership, everything else is just details. Exactly, exactly right. right. If right. you can accept that both teams are going to get two points yeah. because the game's called off, you can accept that somebody might miss out on an individual yeah. honour at the end of the year because yeah. they missed out on one game. The, the, whole, the whole message is this game doesn't matter compared to you know your well-being in life and, and all that stuff. Look, and there's no right way to handle um, the yeah. uh, the situation, but they've done it um, admirably. Yeah, they, they consulted, they made sure everyone could express their feelings, and they just uh, tried to make sure everything was honourable. 
which I think is the the only way you could do it. On to another um, piss poor effort by the weather um, at uh, at Subiaco with uh, first playing 18th. Um, for a while there, it looked like 18th might get their first win ever over first. But um, at the end of the day, when it mattered in the final, um, Frio just uh, put the foot on the pedal and, and uh, kicked away in, in the last. They just had too many contributors. Too yeah. many classy contributors. Well, it was just a matter of... It's always a bit of a... Like, obviously, shit weather. And yep. it was gonna, always going to be hard to have a blowout win or have a skillful game. And you knew it was, it was going to be one in one little burst that made the difference, as all wet weather games generally are. Yeah, and once you get that run on. Yeah, Frio did it. And what was it in the fourth? It was close to the fourth, wasn't it? It was. It was in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when they run over him. I think they kicked half their score in the, in the fourth. Yeah, and look, uh, Dane Beams. Uh, slotted in very nicely. Do you reckon he might be the Nathan Jones of this year? Um, For the Lions... Um, Maybe not. I mean, it took him a couple of weeks before he... He's always been a ball magnet, even at mm. um, Collingwood. Yeah. Um, it took him a couple of weeks just to sort of get in with the, the team system. Um, but his last... I'd say his last month has been back to his um, high standard at Collingwood. Yeah. Well, if, if Brisbane Lions sell Guernsey, they should, they should iron his number onto them. I mean, you know, it'll only take them 10 minutes because they're probably only selling two or three. But... Uh, He's the bloke you're going to have to look to. He's going to have to be the face of the club. And that wasn't part of his job coming in, but it's going to have to be now because that's all they can hang the hat on. The thing is, it looks like he does the, the ball getting and the ball delivering. He's like, got to do a lot of does it. The, yeah. the tackling and he does the disposals. Well, and, you have to think, end of the season, there's a few guys there that won't be there next year. Well, one in particular is Matthew Lewenberger, who is, uh, I think, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Yep. He's been... This year, um, moved to second fiddle behind Stefan Martin, who sat this game out for suspension. So he's yeah. got his one chance against the giant that is Sanderlands, and he's got just two less hitouts um, than than the big fella. It's not a bad effort on the day, and he's done his uh, contracts no no harm. One guy that may not be back next year, but I thought had a pretty good game was uh, Brent Staker. Um, when probably probably. May not uh, get another look in. I I, th- I think uh, poor old Stakes uh, Badger, his uh, his body's just uh, given out after too many injuries. So he's had seven touches for the day. It's a, it's a wet day. But I remember seeing one passage of play where he ran, would have been 150 meters, uh, always with the ball, always protecting the ball, and was kept himself an option all the way through it, all the way until he was actually able to ship it off so someone had a shot on goal. Yeah, and like he did do a lot, but the thing is, with with Brisbane, you're looking at a rebuilding phase, and you're going to have to do a lot of trading and a lot of drafting, and accept a lot of a lot of uh, uh, you know concessions. And like you're talking about Lewenberger, I think you'd fit in someone like with Richmond, where you got Marich, who's the key ruckman, yep. and you need someone who who's going to be sort of play forward or um, fill in the gaps where Marich can have a rest or something. There's always been amazing raps on him, and I've I've never seen it. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it could be a little bit of the uh, the contract curse too. Yeah, so Play, they will probably trade base with like Lundberg and Staker. Uh, and well, I mean, if he's free agency, why would you, you'd want? Oh, yeah, you know, you're trying something for him, but chances are you'll be like, oh fuck he, this. He might be just you know what? Uh, yeah. I'm off, boys. Peace out. Um, on, on Fremantle side of things, uh, when it mattered, they stood up. Uh, Pavlich apparently was playing sick, but he's still good enough to to kick three, and yep. he should against that back line. Yeah, right? um, and. Uh, Walters, uh, also, I think he was leading goal kicker for the game. Yeah, snuck in for a nice four goals. Um, snuck under a few people's radars, I think. But uh, As of all the small little forwards. Yeah. 
this year. It is the, a bit of the year of the small forward, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's like they're filling little gaps that form around pockets and they've got very good at sharking those goals here and there. Um, but uh, he's got a great leap on him too. He does, yeah. I think that's the other thing with the small forwards. When you think of Jamie Elliott and that kind of stuff, yeah. the, the, um, you can't just be the little in, yeah. in amongst it now. There's no um, more front and centre. You've got to be in and amongst it all. Yeah, and uh, make your own contests. Yep. Um, look, it would have been very embarrassing if Frio lost, but like they have for just about all year, they've um, done enough to get it done um, and, you know, uh, march on. Um, just one loss for the year and they go down to um, Tasmania next week. So, on to next week um, when we bring it up. Oh, of course, it's fucking gone now, isn't it? It's just there. It's running. So on to next week. We've got another Thursday night game, Port versus Collingwood uh, over at uh, Adelaide Oval. Um, this is it for Port for their season. Uh, if they can't beat Collingwood, um, then they may as well start looking at draft picks. And Collingwood need a scalp. Um, they've had too many honourable losses. So this is going to be an absolute cracker on Thursday night. Yeah, I don't think um, Port will win. I think Collingwood will yeah, just be too good. I think so too. i, I got Collingwood for that one. No, I'll get Port. Yeah. Uh, Richmond versus Carlton and the MCG on Friday night football the, it's in it great to see Carlton back on Friday night again yep the part we said Friday night means I'm not going for Carlton yeah I mean I've got to go for Richmond but I'm always scared going for the ones especially like Carlton who they're the ones that always killed our season from the get go when we like get excited in the off season <laughs> and yeah no, this, this is the one ah oh, shit 100 point loss to Carlton shit surely they can't yeah that's the thing is that surely they can't Surely they can't. Um, Big Marrick would be sitting out that one. Uh, Essendon, Melbourne at the MCG again. Um, like we said, Melbourne's been Essendon's bogey side um, the last couple of years. But uh, look, if Essendon lose this, it should make the job untenable for Herd, but it won't. Yeah. Um, but it, Essendon have got to show something. They have to because it was the most deplorable effort ever I've seen from that group. Last week, um, I think they'll they'll turn it around. You'll make one of the biggest turnarounds you've ever seen, and get up on this one. Yeah, and like, just they, they can't be that bad twice in a row. I, can I they? know, but I'm, I'm just really hoping so. <laughs> so I'm going Hogan for ten. Hogan no, for ten. I, I'm the same. I think Essendon are on tilt. I think they're going to struggle to find a reason to it, put like, in. That makes me excited. Just thinking of Essendon on tilt and just going down to guts of Melbourne. You just want to see more I of those memberships going in yep. the microwave. Yep. <laughs> um, Bulldogs versus Gold Coast Gary Suns um, it's now more far more interesting game uh, this one yeah um, considering it's been played up there too in, this one's in fucking Cairns oh. Kazali Stadium in Cairns I think um, which uh, you know the Bulldogs sell a couple of home games um, look yep. two weeks ago this was a, a percentage booster for the Bulldogs now Gary Ablett's back you're like what the fuck's going to happen um well, um, yeah, Gary. I think Gary will win. <laughs> Gary will win. Gary Do you think uh, Harvey Benell, he can't play yet again, can he? Well, I mean, uh, why not? Has he come down? Well, he sat out this week because um, he said that, you know, the scrutiny around it for something that happened two years ago. I think well, just a little bit of penance and where you go. I think so. Mm-hmm. Back into it, mate. Yeah. Um, let, you, let your footy do the talking. Exactly. The Water under the bridge. Um. So, I th- yeah, I think Gold Coast might be too good for the Bulldogs up there. Yeah, I think they'll get over the line. No, I've got the Bulldogs in this one. I uh, think they'll have too many contributors. 
North Melbourne and Geelong at Etihad Stadium Saturday night. Yep, fuck that. I'm not going to that. Why not? Yeah, I don't think North Melbourne might win. Because that's just it. They might win. I'll fucking go to that and they'll get fucking creamed. Geelong coming off a 20-odd day break as well. Uh, so they might yeah. be a bit rusty. Uh, I think the good thing about it is it is, it is Etihad Stadium. Yeah. Um, which means you can get out of the rain for a change. Yep. I um, think Bartel back is... He played in the VFL last weekend. Yeah. So no, might get caught once. It, I tell you what, if Bartel plays, Geelong wins. That's what I'm calling. Yeah, I, I think North Melbourne will regroup. Uh, I think they'll. Um, uh, Crocker's out this week, isn't he? I he's think Crocker's done, out. He's yep. done. Yep. Scott's in. Scott's back in. So I think I think that in will be the difference in this game. So Scott versus Scott again. Yeah, I think Scott to get uh, many posies. Uh West Coast Adelaide it, uh, at Subiaco Saturday night as well. Um, Going to be a very emotional game. Um, will Adelaide use emo- emotion to get over the line over there? Yeah. Um, I reckon they will. It'll be their grand final. Like um, it'll so be a fairy tale story. I think West Coast will let emotion let Adelaide get over the line. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think you know we're, we're, it's an emotional game, and in grand finals or meaningful games, you see players just run till they vomit in the fourth quarter kind of yeah. thing. I think that'll be what Adelaide are going to do. Uh, there'd be no excuse for not being a contributor on that game. Uh, anyone who's slack in any way, shape, or form, their own players, their own supporters, everyone is going to rain on their parade. So I if you're not contributing, it's not going to happen. I think there's going to be 16 other teams that are cheering for Adelaide in this game. Yeah. And there might even be a few West Coast supporters yeah. who are like, you know what, I don't mind if they That's win. what I reckon. Like, I mean, you, you couldn't blame West Coast for not going extra hard at that hard mm. ball, or, you know. <laughs> well, um, it's up there with the Jason McCarthy game. Yeah. McCarthy yeah. game, sorry. Um, even if you're not following either team and you know, even if you are, you wouldn't begrudge Adelaide a win. There's, yeah, if, uh, yeah, if the football not... gods have got any sense of uh, theatre, um, it'll be a, a nice win for Adelaide. Mm. Uh, GWS and St Kilda at Spotless Stadium. Um, great time for this game, I think, uh, mm. for, for both clubs in the season. Yeah. GWS need to show something, and St Kilda need to show that it wasn't a fluke, um, 110 points the week before. Yeah, and this one's either going to be a spectacular view of fast fun football of the future just free flowing or it's going to rain like bugger it'll be a slog and everyone will turn off at half time yeah that's a very good point actually I think it'll be very non-accountable football could be an exciting game I think uh, Bruce and Rewalt are really going to be the difference here yeah uh, I think thanks to the line Heath Shaw's had a great year for GWS across the back line but he he's not big enough and he hasn't got the tank to go with yeah. Rewalt although he might sneak up behind him like a librarian again <laughs> um, he, I bet you every time he plays against St Kilda he reminds him of it too yeah and he doesn't have the people that he can order around and tell them what they need to do like a Hodge or someone like that around the back line uh, Hawthorne and Frio down in Tassie um, this is uh, one versus four. Um, I tell you what, I th- it's, it's very funny the way these two teams are travelling because Frio, are, you wouldn't say they're in top form yet. They're doing just enough to get by. Yeah, Hawthorne, uh, not in top form either, but it looks like they lack polish, whereas Frio um, are, are lacking effort. Um, it, it's much easier to go, all right, now we go and try um, when it's when they're put to the sword like they will be. Whereas Hawthorne, they need to sort out their kicking and and that side of the game, which is a lot harder to do. It's it's um, it's a skill error as opposed to a mental error. Um, where Frio, I think, can turn. They've shown they can turn it on when they need to. Um, it'll be yeah. four quarters they'll need to. And look, to be honest, I think this game will be won and lost at the selection table at Fremantle. Well, I think 
you know, as much as the footy cliche is one week at a time, Frio haven't been looking one week at a time for a while. They, yeah. A premiership yeah. is the only thing that they'll accept this year. Uh, if you don't get a flag, you've missed your opportunity. Especially Ross Lyon. Like, yeah, and it gets to the point yeah. where he becomes desperate. Yeah. But um, they win this game. They can still put their hand up as uh, premiership favourites. They lose. They, they're not. It still shocks me how Hawthorne's premiership favourites. Um, with, with the, most of the bookies, I think it's, it must be just there's so many cashed up Hawthorne supporters that are putting money on them. Um, but Frio, look, if they send a full side, I think they win. If they decide that you know what, this is one of those ones we're going to lose, yeah. let, let's let's keep you know Sandy staying at home and Pav's a bit crook and uh, we don't want Fife to snot somebody. Um, if if they decide to do that and concede, um, then you know it's, it's fortunate for Hawthorne. Yeah, but, but it could also be that. Um a lot of people have backed Frio or West Coast at really good odds pre-season and they're just laying off on Hawthorne just now. laying off yeah, now. Yeah, it's getting the good odds now. Could so very well be. Maybe there's a little bit of a false market there. But um, when's the last time Hawks lost down in Tassie? It's been Years a while. Years ago. Yeah. Years ago. Like, <sighs> But they, they don't usually play the good sides down there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, even still, it's uh, Hawth, Hawthorne are the best side down there. So it's it's tough. It's, it's their next week game that could be interesting too because I reckon Sydney based on um... Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. What we've seen so far in the last few rounds, there's going to be suspensions coming out of this game. Hawthorne yeah, free, yeah. Right? I'm liking this Biffo coming back a little bit. A little I think, bit. I think even the umpire's getting amongst it, throwing <laughs> a few shoulders around, a few elbows. And the final game, Brisbane and Sydney up at the Gabba. Um, oh, geez, it'll be a tough game to watch. Um, yeah. You'd expect that Sydney will just pile on the pressure when they need to. Um, Franklin back in, tip it back in. I think the two of them will kick 12 between them. Yeah, I think this, this will be a great game just to separate the Brisbane fans from the Brisbane bandwagoners. I think it'll be like yeah. it'll be 12 fans between them. Yeah, because yeah. if you can turn up to a game knowing you're going to get fucking smashed, well, that's the price you have to pay for then having seen three flags and not well, a couple flags. Maybe, on the maybe they just rock up so they can get smashed, watch a bit of footy. Maybe. You know, so, the, so the fans can get <laughs> smashed. Yeah. yeah. 
Eh? Why not? not they are. No, you've got to earn your flair, earn your supportership. And I think anyone that turns up to this match for Brisbane, they've earned it. Absolutely. Yep. Well, that'll be round 15. Um, we'll know uh, a little bit more about uh, who's coaching Essendon um, in 2017, I think, after yeah, this round. I'm, I'm not going to. No, I'm out. No. I, I want to see Matty Knights come back. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where we go. Right. 